Day by Day You. Today we'll be talking about mental health of students of color in predominantly white universities. I'm your host, Aisha Tolentino, and we have... Hey guys, it's Brittany. You have John, the voice of UMass, checking in. And today here we also have a special guest by the name of Malcolm. Malcolm is a Haitian American student here on campus majoring in kinesiology. Malcolm was on MCP for two years as a public relations and PR head. He is also currently on the Hasa Konpa team. Malcolm's goal here is to make a positive impact on the world and to leave his mark in any way he can. After graduation, he plans on taking a gap year and to see if he can pursue a career or an internship in athletic performance research where he can work with teams and athletic sportswear companies to make better technology for the athletes we work with. Everybody, give a warm welcome to Malcolm. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. How was your first semester at UMass? Um, my first semester at UMass was something. Um, if I was to talk about it, um, freshman year I lived in Melville, mm-hmm. and those that know the class of 2018 that came into UMass, they had to deal with a certain racial incident that happened in my building coming literally one of the first weeks on campus. It was literally the first tailgate. But um, yeah, it it was definitely something. I realized then that it really is a different (laughs) campus that I live on compared to my other friends because I remember coming in with some of my white friends from high school and it's just, you know, it's, it's different. It's really different, you know, coming from different backgrounds and different things. You, ha- you have to be there. You have to be... Yeah, I understand what you mean. Yeah. You kind of have to be there to, like, to understand. It's like... Yeah. It's different from, like, back home and then here. It's just, like... Yeah. It's a lot of, like... It's a different environment. Exactly. Like, coming from my hometown of Lowell, like, it's pretty diverse. My high school is pretty diverse. I had a bunch of different mix of... It's a whole melting pot, basically. But as soon as I got here, I realized that I'm pretty outnumbered, you know, I, I really, I only got a certain amount of friends here that I, I, I got that can really connect to me and really understand me. And I'm glad that I was able to join these Ori's and go ahead and step out of my show and, you know, become the man I am today. Nah, I'd love to hear that, bro. love to hear that. I feel like I also had a similar experience. I'm from Brockton and Brockton is super diverse. And so when I came to UMass, it really was different because I was no longer surrounded by people that really looked like me. And so with that came feeling like I didn't feel really heard or understood or represented. So when I went to class or I went to a club, it was it was a little nerve wracking because I didn't really know if I could relate to the people around me or talk to them. I feel like my experience was fine. I definitely noticed right away the diversity of it in in the sense of like the percentages of how many races are on campus. I I feel like it was very evident to me um, that we as students of color are outnumbered. Um, Yeah, I do think that there is like, you know, some groups and organizations that kind of build, help build those ethnic groups and put them, you know, like 
bring everyone together. I don't think there's enough of that, but I think that there's enough to, for the most part, help a lot of people feel comfortable on campus. Yes, I actually work for CMAS, and they send out emails to first-generation students of color who are coming to UMass. And so I'm not too sure on the name, but I know that they send out success coaches to students, and that's supposed to be a, a resource that students can utilize to help them kind of transition to college, especially if you haven't had family members that have done it in the past. So, Malcolm... What are your, your like, views, not views, but, like, what are some things you do to address your mental health? When addressing my mental health, it's something I actually take pretty seriously, honestly. Like, I tend to take a lot of breaks from, like, the outside world, just classes and everything else that I do on campus. Like, even when it comes to, like, being in black orgs and stuff like that, it can always be stressful. Mm-hmm. Like, when I was a part of BMCP and was a PR head, that was a big responsibility. As you guys probably know, BMCP is such a big organization on campus. And especially for PR, when you have to post yeah, all those flyers. you that guy. Week, <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't say I'm that guy. But <laughs> it's, de- it's definitely a commitment. And I try to de-stress, you know, like me, I'm a fan of like anime and stuff like that. So I watch anime. I kick Oh, me too, bro. Yeah. That's, you know. <laughs> you know the vibe. You know the vibe. But like, um, I definitely try to just kick back, chill with my friends, you know, just enjoy life sometimes. Because sometimes you really take it for granted you never get to really take in everything nah i feel that 100 percent. like i like if i'm not doing nothing i can just hang out with my friends just sit there and just do nothing just chill that's the best time you know just doing nothing um so um aisha do is if if you were talking to a freshman what would you give them some tips that they can do to help their mental health I feel like definitely look at the amount of resources that there are on campus because I am a first generation student. So like a lot of people didn't really help me out when it came when I when I got here on campus. And like I took it upon myself to just research a bunch of stuff. And I found that there's like a lot of different resources for freshmen that and just students of color in general that a lot of people don't know about. So I feel like look into that, look into the website, um, just click on random links like. I'd also say that there's a lot of like group therapy sessions, including like one-on-one sessions, if that's not your thing. There's a lot of just mental health events that go on. So just like to be aware of that and to attend those, even if it seems lame, like it's your mental health. So it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks because at the end of the day, like it's your health and your sanity. So just, yeah, keeping, keeping in touch with those events, those programs and like signing up for them. I really like that, Aisha. Kind of going off what you said, I know being a student of color sometimes can be discouraging because we're at a predominantly white institution and we're not around people that really look like us. But it is important to take advantage of those resources because at the end of the day, it is your mental health and you need to take care of yourself. Do you guys feel like um, as students of color in like a predominantly white institution that like our like mental health is kind of like push to the side a little bit over like the let's say the larger populace or not i would say it's not more so an issue of us being pushed to the side maybe a little bit but it's more so i would say not having faculty or 
at the head of these resources that we can kind of feel comfortable enough to confide in. And I think that's very discouraging to students who want to seek out resources to help their mental health. Um, I can 100% relate to that um, because if it wasn't for one of my um, success coaches, I, I don't think I would have probably made it through my senior year. Um, he's, a, he's, a, he's a man of color as well. He's a, he's a really, he's a great person, he's a great guy. And like, he like always connected me to the right, to the right people, always, you know, like had the, the best interest for me and like what he thought was best and how knowing my interest and what I into, he helped me. And like, I feel like if there was more like people like that, a lot of like students of color will probably like succeed more even when they're struggling and have someone can like pick them back up because we all need that. I definitely feel that, like, when it comes to me and my experience here as a student of color, um, I definitely felt like there was definitely more support systems for non-students of color, if I'm being completely real with you guys. Like, when you guys look at the um, the mental health department here that I think it's not too far from Southwest, it's, it's uh, I forget what exactly the department's called, but... Um, when you look at all the psychiatrists and like the psychologists there, you look and you barely see any psychologists of color. You know, it's it's very hard to go ahead and relate to someone about issues that you're having, especially during different times where like there's been racist incidents on this campus. Like I mentioned before about Melville and even my sophomore, junior and senior year, there's still have been plenty of racist incidents that's happened on this campus. And it's definitely a hard thing to cope with, especially without that support. Yeah, no, I definitely feel like it, it might not be intentional to kind of push the students of color aside, but I think that it's done in subliminal ways, like, for example, not hiring professors of color and staff of color because that's potentially a resource for a student of color. They will, They might not go into an office because they might not feel comfortable confronting someone that might not, like you said, like, understand them in that way and yeah I, I do feel like there's a lot more that you know schools overall could do to make it feel more inclusive um i think the system in general is just built upon just racist ways and it's hard as a student of color to not feel like that when it's just kind of like like that but yeah so with that being said, how is your overall mental health as a student of color at a predominantly white institution? Uh, I don't I don't really use none of those services whatsoever. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Like if I have problems, I try to like deal with it the best way I, as I can cuz like I'm be honest with you, like they can't relate to me. They don't they don't, they don't know what you know what I mean? It's like I don't want to just talk to somebody and then you know, I want someone who actually can relate to me and, like, say, okay, all right, try this, do that, you know. And, like, that's the truth, you know. Like, people want people want to see someone that looks like them and to get help from someone that looks like them. And it's, like, that's, like, that's like a, a disconnect sometimes, you know. It's, like, yeah, you know, you genuinely want to help, but it's, like, at times it's, like, it's not... You, you can't, you can't really, like, you can't fake certain things. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Yeah, no, it definitely does. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, building off what you said, literally, I, I, I'm the same way. I don't really rely on any of the resources on this campus. I'd rather go ahead and talk to one of my friends and consult in them because they more likely relate to me than any of like the psychiatrists that I was talking about earlier. But um, like building on top of that, uh, when it comes to like these different like black orgs on campus and stuff like that, and these different like advisors that are for these black orgs, sometimes you can really confide in them. Like when you really want to go ahead and like talk to somebody, if you're involved in these orgs and you want to go ahead and talk to somebody, like somebody like Josh Dodds or Lydia Washington, they're amazing people that can really back you up and help you in certain situations when you're on this campus, especially when it comes to mental health. And because they've been here for a while, mm -hmm. they know they know how it is here. They they've they've been through all the the BS that we had to go through. And honestly, I'm very thankful for them. I'm thankful for all the guidance they've given me throughout the years. Um, and truly, like they're they're like inspiration sometimes, really. No, that's dope. That's dope. Shout out to them for that, because you don't you don't really see people who like genuinely want to help you, they just want to pass you off to the next person, and it's like, bro, if I wanted to get passed out to the next person, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even show up in person to even try to talk to you. And it's like, you know what I mean? And it's like I feel like there's there's too many like okay, you got to fill out this form, you got to do this before you can get to that. No, bro. I, I want the help now. I want to talk to this person right now. I don't I don't want to have to go through all these hoops. You know what I mean? So it's like, it just like, doesn't make the person you want to show up. Yeah, and I, I feel exactly what you're talking about because being a person of color on this campus, not only do you have to deal with the stresses of everybody, everyday life with everybody else, with through classes and just random other things that you have to stress about on this campus, but you also have to deal with like the black struggle. You have to deal with like other things that you're dealing with at home. Like, there's an added stressor compared to like other students who obviously aren't of color on, on this campus. And it's a real big disconnect, especially when you talk to certain like certain friends you have that may be like white or anything like that. It, it's, it's definitely a tough, it's a, it's, a, it's a tough conversation you have to have with them sometimes, you know, cause they don't really understand where you're coming from. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. Being a first gen student, um, I have had to, I'm working three jobs right now, and that's while being a full-time college student. And I think these are maybe sometimes struggles that other people can't really understand because they have certain privileges. And it definitely takes a damper on your academic career or makes it like a lot harder to get through. And on top of that being at a predominantly white institution and you already don't feel seen or understood, it, it can definitely take a toll on your mental health for real. Yeah, I definitely think that's more common with students of color, too, that they have to work more than one job or just work in general because a lot of students on here don't need to work. They have their, you know, their bills paid for. They don't have to worry about that. But there's, like, a lot of people that are coming from different backgrounds that do have to stress over that. And so it just puts a lot of students at color of color at a disadvantage because there's already so many other stressors that you got to worry about, stuff at home. And yeah, that's just something that's, there's definitely so many like research studies shown on how students of color usually struggle more in school than white students. If there could be like a change, like what would that look like to you t in your own own way? Like how would that be? Like to, to improve like 
the situation. The diversity, like how diverse the school is? No, um, just how, like, school and color don't really get the type of mental health need that they deserve and that they should be getting. I just feel like hiring more staff of color and, like, just letting more students of color in, because I feel like a lot more students of color possibly apply. But I don't know. I just think there's a lot more behind the scenes that's happening that we don't know about. A lot more... Um, I feel like just, you know, the more staff of color we have, the more comfortable the students would feel, the more students of color would come to the school overall. Like you said, you have some staff of color that make you feel comfortable, that make you feel inspired. I feel the same way. The only professors that make me feel that way are black. So I think just having that and having more people that we can connect with on campus will bring more students of color and will will help them feel more comfortable and inclusive and feel more open to share their problems and their struggles. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, picking off what you said, um, another thing that they would have to focus on is hiring not only people of color to this university, but making sure that these people of color have good interests in mind for the students of color on this campus as well. Because you could hire as many people of color as you want, but if they don't have good interests in the students of color, what are they going to do? They're not really going to help us that much. But it's, it's all about like their... I don't even know what word I'm trying to come up with right now, but like, yeah, it's about their integrity, basically. Like, you really have to go ahead and evaluate because some people really just have it out for other people, you know? Yeah, I 100% agree with that, you know? So it's like like the pay, pay it for type because you were in that position back in the day, so now that you, you're in this position to help someone up, why don't you, you know, that was you, you know? So, like, I, I feel that 100%. Sorry, to the audience, you feel me? Did you apply to HBCU? Yeah. Um, to be honest with you, I didn't apply to HBCU just because my family didn't have the money for it. Mm-hmm. I applied to schools that I know I'd probably financially be able to afford, and UMass was one of them. Honestly, I had a couple schools that had given me money to go there, but they had given me the most money here, so that's why I'm here, honestly. So I don't know about the rest of you guys. Yeah, I didn't apply to one either, but I every day that I'm here, I think about what my life would have been like if I did go to an HBCU. I'm still thinking about that. Still don't know how it would be, but it's it's an interesting thought. Um, but yeah, I definitely thought that I would get more financial aid here too. It's not something that necessarily ran through my mind. I think I was just, I don't know, I really just wasn't looking at it. No one really, like I said, I'm a first-gen student. No one really like showed me the fact that there's like whole schools of students that look like us like I literally did not even know that until like late into the process so I would have applied if I knew you want to know something funny the reason I applied to UMass was actually because we have like one of the higher let me say higher like rates of students of color and then I got here and I was like what (laughs) (laughs) I was actually still surprised I think it's still more diverse than like the town I was coming from prior and my high school town and stuff. So honestly, it's better than that in in that aspect. Honestly, I want I wanted to come to UMass because Massachusetts is UMass. Why not? You feel know I me? Mean? I'm a simple I'm a simple guy. Um. So yeah, Mass UMass was right here, an hour away from Worcester. So you know what? Let's go to UMass. So yes, yeah, that's why I'm here. 
have a question. Okay. Um, is it okay if I grab the mic? Yeah, go ahead. Alright, right, Malcolm. Um, how did I meet you? No cap. Oh, it's not my fault, everybody. Uh, it's me again, Sharif. Um, I'm rarely on here. So it's just like the first time I met you, I transferred in here. Uh, I transferred in here from a college in North Carolina, no cap, PWR. And honestly, my experience there, bro, it was not it. The only black people there were athletes. You feel me? Yeah. So it's just like me, myself, I walked on into the lacrosse program there. So even then, you, you know what lacrosse yeah. is. Yeah. So I went through a lot. Then I was just like, all right, I'm going to just transfer. I'm going to help my moms out. Yeah. Then I came here. I met Promise. And then no cap. I didn't even know anyone black until Promise. And then Promise, I met you. And then I was just like, oh, snap, there's no black people on campus. Like, I want you to walk walk me through everything. Like, it took me, I'll say, until my senior year to meet the black community on campus, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's just, and through it all, I faced a lot. Mm-hmm. No cap. I was, everyone was alone. You feel me? Every yeah. black student's first day as a transfer or as a freshman, you're alone. Yeah. Like, how did you feel? You feel me? Um, when I first came here? Yeah. So basically, when I first came here, um, there was only one other black kid that I knew that I came in from high school with. Um, his name is Joe, but he currently left um, UMass. He transferred to UMass Lowell. But um, basically, it was me, a bunch of white kids that I knew from high school, and we were all hanging out with each other, like, throughout the first semester, i say, so far. And, like, after the racist incident happened, I really got to know the black kids on the third floor of Melville, which were the emerging scholars. And for those of you that don't know the emerging scholars, those are, like, basically uh, a select group of uh, black students that had picked from random parts of the state to go ahead and uh, be a part of a program and go ahead and help them boost their academics. And, like, basically um, gauntlet them into the Honors College, basically. And through meeting these guys, like, I got to meet more black people i got to fully dive into the black experience luckily i was one of those people that was able to go ahead and get in early i know plenty of people that weren't able to go ahead and get into like sophomore year they didn't even know anything about uh, student org it wasn't until my second semester that i really learned about things like bmcp bsu cvsa hasa all those orgs it's, it's really interesting too because they show up to all these uh different events where they go ahead and showcase all these clubs and stuff like that, but they never really get as much recognition. Yeah, recognition that they should get. Basically it basically more of the story is it's it's tough being a student can't student the color on scam. It's, it's you you really it's 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 all over the place. Wait, you got it. Okay, Malcolm. So with that being said, we have one more final question for you. If you could say anything to the student audience and communities of color on this campus, what would you say? Um, I love y'all. Y'all, y'all, y'all are the greatest. I really mess with all of you guys on campus, honestly. It's an amazing community. I love the people of color community on this campus. You guys always hold it down. You always keep it lit. You guys are amazing. And all those freshmen out there that haven't made their way into the community yet, do your best to go ahead and just go to any events that you can. With Soul Fest coming up, pop out, you know, have fun, enjoy the company of the people that you can relate to, you know what I mean? Do you have one mental health 
I said, you know, we're a mental health program, and, and we wanted to advocate mental health in our community. Take care of yourself. That is my biggest, biggest message. Do what makes you happy. Make sure you go out there and make sure you're good. Because at the end of the day, the only person that you know always has your back is yourself. And you always got to rely on yourself. You got to love yourself. So there you have it. Love yourself. Take care of yourself. Have your own back. All wise words from Malcolm himself. Thank you for being here today, Malcolm, and thank you everyone else for coming on and for talking today. I appreciate everyone's stories, and you know we're all coming from different backgrounds, so it's really cool that we could all relate on this one topic. And remember to take it day, day by day. day.